This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. And I thought I'd talk today about all things photographic as pertains to solopreneurs, particularly in the property world. Because, of course, I'm recording this around about Christmas. And many of you will have received those little helpful round robins with your Christmas card or have actually written one yourself. And it struck me that they're brilliant little bits of kit, aren't they? They're like a sort of family newsletter. Uh, They're full of news for the past year, just so that we can all keep in touch. And if you're really lucky, it'll be more photos than words, because quite often they can be very wordy about people that you've no idea about. But a photograph, you can go, oh, look, Jemima's grown, or, you know, Araminta is still as small as ever. It doesn't matter. The photos are much better at telling the story. And I had enormous fun writing one for my family this year because I thought it was particularly important to make sure I'd done one because we have seen so few people over the last two years. And it's great for keeping in touch. And actually, you know, the best bit was browsing through my library of things that photographs of things we'd done as a family over the last year, you know, picking the point and the shot that encapsulates everything we were doing. And one thing struck me very forcefully that actually over the last two years, there have been many more family shots because we've all been cooped up here together. We spent far more time doing things together. And it struck me that those of us who work in property, we need these photographs. We need photographs for quite a wide variety of reasons. We need them for social media and newsletters, as I've spoken about before, and for illustrating talks, because there's nothing worse, is there, than going to a talk when you get killed by PowerPoint. Endless words. When actually a couple of really super photographs would have given you a much better impression about what someone did or the difference between a before and after. Photographs, really, really important. And I just find it really odd when I mention this on strategy days or when I'm doing mentoring that I can be met from anything from an embarrassed laugh to a horror when somebody suddenly realises that they've just not been taking any photographs for ages, or even worse, they have absolutely no idea what they've done with them. They could be anywhere. Which cloud have they sent them to? Which uh, little chip sitting in what camera has got all those vital shots? And I think it's also one of the things that newbies struggle with the most. They've got no pictures. Oh my word. So what do you do? Well, there are ways around it, but this is not the moment to talk about it. But actually, these are an amazing record, not only of your company, but the work you did to each and every property you've worked on. And, you know, it really does showcase what you can do and what you have done. And quite often when you look back on them, you go, gosh, did I do that? You know, that's staggering. You've forgotten all those little tiny bits that that were perhaps quite difficult to do at the time, but captured on the photograph and now you've forgotten all about it. But interestingly, 
It also shows you the change in taste. Um, I love seeing those photographs on Instagram and Facebook and things where somebody's bought a house or gone into a house and discovered an absolute blizzard of hideously loud tiles or carpets. And, you know, a bit of you, if you've been around a long time, go, yeah, I remember those. They were so popular. Everyone had them. They were mainstream. Whereas now you're looking at them and thinking, how did you live with that carpet and those curtains together? But at the time, (laughs) it was really quite the norm. And, you know, when I first started, walls were always magnolia and no accent colour. Now they tend to be more white. You know, people have started to go back to white because it's much easier to paint. And often with an accent colour, with or without a funny name. I mean, do you remember, you know, I know you know all this stuff, but do you remember there was a craze for, what was it, elephant's breath? Not plain grey, just elephant's breath. And for those of you who are well into capturing your photos, you're probably in a good spot for making sure that you have enough to do everything you need to do with them. But if you haven't done any photography from before, I think you're in an even better position because you can start with a completely clean slate and you can go, right, I've got to build a photo library. What do I want out of it? So I think absolutely everybody needs to take time out, perhaps an hour a day for the next three weeks or something, just to get those photographs into the right place. So you don't spend hours scrolling through them every time you want to use one. Now, it may be a huge task. It's not unknown for someone to have sort of 15,000 photographs if they've been working in property for a long time. But, you know, speaking of that elephant, the elephant's breath, eat this task in bite-sized portions. So just an hour, hour and a half a day, the old 90 minutes that I love talking about. But either way, before you get going, you need to know how you want to categorise them. And this is very personal. Everyone does it a different way. And it does differ to whether you're able to do it on a Mac or whether you're doing it on an ordinary HP, because they don't actually hold and store your photographs in the same way. And it can be quite difficult to rearrange them when you've got going. So I think it's really simple to make sure that you have a series of paths so that you can find your photos. Uh, Because you may want to hold them in more than one place. You know, one photograph can actually be put into several envelopes, so to speak. So the name or the number of each property you've worked on. So if you want to go to your Booth and Road, for instance, one of mine, house, they're all there. They're labelled in sub-envelopes, of course, for their dates, but they're all there. I can find everything I want to know about it. But quite a few of those are also in other places, different categories to illustrate what I want to show. Um, For instance, I've got a photo library on disasters. Um, And I have to say, they really, really cheer me up on days when things are not going quite my way. I can look back and go, hey, we came back from that. That was an awkward moment when I had to say to the joiner or whoever, that isn't up to the standard that I want. And I can chortle quietly about it. And there, of course, are those shots which are, I can't believe the last owner did that to this property. Because I've been into a lot of properties which I've either helped clients turn around or just when I was viewing them. And you, you know, you walk into a property, you've done your figures on it, you know it's perfect for you. And then you see something as you walk in that just totally takes your breath away. OMG. How did anyone think that that is a good idea, whatever it happens to be? And if it strikes you as odd or beyond weird, because some of these things really are, I once saw a pink velour bath side. It was it was a bath built up on a sort of platform and the whole thing was in pink velour. I wish I'd taken a photograph. But if you see something like that, 
take a photograph straight away because you'll regret it if you don't, because people honestly won't believe you when you say you saw it years from now. The photograph I most regret not taking was in a house that I now own. Um, and I saw it when I was viewing it. And I hadn't realised just actually how rare it was until far too late. Mid-terrace, two up, two down, that had somehow managed to escape the 1970s modernising schemes, you know, when the um, council absolutely threw money at people to get the loo into the bulk of the house. And here, the loo was still in the outside privy. So, out of the way, not needing a bathroom. And the, uh, incidentally, I'm talking about uh, the early noughties. So not that long ago, 15 or so years ago. Now, the kitchen doubled up as the bathroom as well. And it, uh, it wasn't a particularly big space. It was more like an extended cupboard off the main reception room, but it, it was a fine space. And the bath was on the long wall of the sink of the kitchen come bathroom. And the amazing thing about the bath was that it had a hinged worktop right across the top and set into this worktop was the sink. Actually, you know, it really was quite ingenious. I'm sure there are people thinking up these ideas now for space saving, but this was really quite something. And there was only one set of taps and the set of taps filled both the sink and the bath because when the workshop, uh, worktop was down, the room was in kitchen mode. And when you opened up the the, um, uh, the worktop and clipped it into position, hey presto, a bathroom. Did I get a photo? No. I thought I'd find more examples, but I didn't. But that wonderful site remains in my memory. In fact, I did away with that whole area because I built an extension on. So it would have made the most fantastic before and after sequence. That particular property is due a remake, uh, a complete refurbishment soon. So it would have been great to be able to show the cycle just in the time I had owned it, but I missed that opportunity. So apart from a jolly good laugh, and I have to say there are some fabulous photographs out there that make you chortle, what other reasons do we find photographs are helpful? Well, I, as a landlord, do find that photographs are brilliant for proof of condition for deposit disputes. And this may start to phase out, to be quite honest, as people start to move away from the concept of deposits because these things come in and out of fashion. But with the best one in the world, a long-winded list of what condition something is and the colour and everything else, it doesn't really give you the flavour, but where a photograph really, really does. And I had a little tiny dispute with a tenant on one particular occasion. And it got into one of those he said, she said, which is never a good position to be in when proving a point. And the photographs, to give you a bit of a spoiler here, absolutely nailed it for me. They got the judge to be on my side. And the little tussle with the tenant was he thought I was being very unreasonable about not returning their deposit because he felt that he had cleaned quite well enough. In fact, they'd done more than what they thought they should do. And they had created a really good feasible story as to what they'd done and why. And uh, the fact that they had could prove, so they said, that they had done a lot of cleaning. And they even had a receipt for carpets that had been steam cleaned. Well, that was the receipt they gave us. It clearly wasn't anything to do with the house that I'd just taken back. So they had actually dropped the keys off with the letting agent. So they weren't around when we went in to have a look at it. And 
I had to do an awful lot of close-ups because as soon as you walked in, you could smell this property hadn't been cleaned. You know how there's just this little air, isn't there, about an uncleaned house. So I had to get up very close and personal, not a, a, um, a thing I'd like to do again, with the loos and the carpets and the cupboards. Not too pleasant viewing. Um, but I took some fabulous photos of toenail clippings, um, little balls of dog hair. I'll go no further because I'm sure... Anyone who's been a landlord will know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, also, I'm very relieved that we haven't quite got into the era of scratch and sniff, because that really would have been too much for those photographs. But they, when I presented my photographs, it stopped the toing and froing from the tenant absolutely dead, and I was awarded the whole amount of my deposit. Fantastic. Now, the other thing about me and photographs is that I don't rely on my memory. I like to keep as little in my mind as possible because there's so much whirling around in there. So when I'm on a viewing, I do take an awful lot of photographs. It's got to be really outstandingly bad for me to remember anything about it because you know what it's like? If you are doing a lot of viewings, I'm afraid one semi-detached or one two up, two down does tend to blur into another one. You know, one beige, magnolia, white wall just sort of morphs into another one. And you, it's only when you have something very obvious about it that you think, no, 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 that was number three or number two or whatever it was. So I have to make sure that even with taking photographs, that I've defined the start of one house and the end of another. So I've got a very simple system. I just literally photograph the front door and the number. So I know where it starts. And then I know when another front door arrives that it must be a different house. If that fails, sometimes people are very unhelpful and they don't put any numbers on their houses. Well, I just take a photo of you know, a distinguishing feature in the road, usually the road name or something, anything that's going to jog my memory. And then I just click away, happily. Radiator valves, click. Boiler, click. And I, it just means that I don't have to think about what I'm actually looking at whilst I'm in the property. Now, I do know, because I do have one myself, that people take very long and complicated check sheets to viewings. But I have never, ever mastered the art of looking, ticking and talking to the estate agent all at once. You know, I, I know we're all supposed to multitask, but I do find that a little bit tricky. And particularly since I'm going to go back to my lair and then work out how much this property is going to cost me to do up. So I've given up. I can write my check sheet later. I go with my little dictaphone and my camera or my, uh, and it usually is a camera or my phone. Now I'm dyslexic as well. So don't ask me to write too much down because if I do write things down, and in the beginning, I was absolutely determined to do this whole property thing properly with a clipboard and everything else. I kept finding that I had to try and work out what on earth these squiggles mean. You know, what was it that I actually was trying to make a memory of? No, the photo's much quicker and it picks up more. Mentally, I have a list of things that I want to photograph in every room. So I whiz round going radiator, click, switch, click, light switch, you know, window fittings, always check that. Any problems, click. So I know when I go home and I can see what I'm doing. And because I started this off, and as I say, I had a point and click rather than using my phone, because to be quite honest, when I started in property, phone cameras were a bit blurry. They, they were a bit pixelated. I found that my point and click would point out, would show up damp in a wall, which my eye couldn't see. 
And I found that really, really useful because I would be going into houses that had beautifully clean walls because sometimes landlords had done them up and they were having to sell them below market value because they'd just run out of money. But they had basically slapped the paint on and there was lots of damp behind it. Couldn't see it because it was so fresh, but the camera picked it up. And that I find really, really useful. And I discovered over the years that, you know, insurance companies love a good photo. Nothing like sort of being able to point out what actually happened and when. So I'm very keen to work with letting agents who are not afraid of the photo, not afraid of using a camera, and they take as many as possible. And a while ago, I was asked by a letting agent to be a third party to witness the willful damage that a tenant had actually done to a property because the landlord needed to claim for an enormous willful damage problem. And on paper, actually, the damage seemed low key. And when we wrote it all out, slightly exaggerated. And the landlord was a bit embarrassed about trying to put it in. Um, He couldn't come up because he lived a long way from the property. And for a variety of reasons, he couldn't actually take the time out. But nor, of course, because he couldn't come up, could he appreciate just how truly dreadful it was and why he had to do such a huge refurb. Now, the tenant had been a delightfully well-mannered pharmacist. And this gentleman suddenly stopped paying his rent and refused to engage with anyone. And no one could get in. No one could get him to talk to us. We didn't know what was happening. And then we were thrown a uh, life uh, jacket, basically, by the next door neighbour who reported a distressed dog that appeared to be living in the house on its own. And the RSPCA got involved and they contacted the agent. And together, all three of us, we went to open the house because I had the keys and see what was going on. Well, the dog wasn't there, thankfully. It had been moved out shortly before we got there that we found out, out later. But As we opened the door, the smell was unreal. The dogs had been locked in there for several days and everything was covered in poo, right across the carpets, the floors, in the property and in the yard. And it was the oven that gave us the clue as to what had really gone on. And again, you you don't normally get an insurance claim for a melted oven, but that indeed is what we had. It was completely and utterly wrecked. Drug production had totally melted the inside of it. It was quite the most extraordinary thing. Words couldn't show what happened, but the photographs could. And so the insurance bill was much, much higher than normal because all the people who went in to go and work in this had to wear protection, full protection, because, you know, biological hazards, absolute nightmare for them. So this was really quite an expensive do. And gosh, those photographs, the insurance company did not blink a hair. They went, yep, we can see what's going on. But as a property sourcer, I found that photos were my best friend. They really did make the difference between a very boring set of, you know, particulars and something that was quite upbeat and exciting. Um, The figures, the words hadn't changed, but it is amazing just seeing it, how it fits into your template and the buyers were able to instantly understand what it was that I was offering, particularly buyers who were not that experienced, who were still very much at the beginning of building their own portfolios. So don't underestimate the power of the photo. But with a photograph, everything seems real. They can see what they're going to buy. And I know it's all in the mind, but it's completely understandable. And that really does bring me to think, aren't we lucky? nowadays to have a cheap and easy way to be able to to take all the photographs. 
because in the past you couldn't. But I think we've got to make sure that we do enough of it. And if you have too many, just do a bit of uh, culling. You don't need 10 of the same photographs. So don't worry about ever being overburdened by it. And it's the property investors and developers' best friend photographs. Do you know, it's free once you've got the equipment. And who doesn't have a smart um, phone, phone nowadays? So even if you don't have a small point and shoot or even one of those really big fancy cameras, you've still got something you can work with. And it's proof of condition and actions and taken for you to back up anything you say or do for so many occasions. And the greatest thing is, I think, that it enables future clients to understand how you work because they can see what they can expect to get if they invest in you and your properties. So if you take time to make your photo library, no sighing, please, at the back. It does have to be done, both in knowing what you need to to actually categorize them under and what shots you really do need to take. And you put them into an easy to access system. You really don't want to make life difficult for yourself. If you do all that, you will have a brilliant photo library that will work alongside you for as long as you want to be in property. And if you do that, you will be a wildly successful property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.